First time in 16 years, really? If I'd known that's all it was going to take, I'd told Tommy to take a month off a lot earlier. Wow. Guys, it is so good to be here with y'all this morning. So thankful to have this time to come together to dig into his word. I am going to ask a favor over the, well, next week some of them will be back, but this road looks empty. I was almost worried that the rapture happened, but I know better than that. So anyway. But anyway, um, it's good to be with you this morning. Uh, just to go over a couple of things that we talked about last week, you can go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 2, where we'll spend a majority of our time this morning, um, and only in the first four verses. But last week, I want to apologize because I did something that I know I shouldn't be doing, and last week I didn't eat breakfast. And for somebody who's hypoglycemic, that's a bad thing. So about midway through the sermon, I don't exactly know what I said. (laughs) I had to go back and listen to it, thought about editing it, and then I said, nah, you know what, it's all right. But one thing that we did talk about last week is we talked about what this is. What is this? How do you know it's a light bulb? Huh? Because the creator told us what it is. If we would have just seen this, we'd have had no idea what it was. We would have just thought it was a piece of glass with some metal attached to it. The creator had to tell us exactly what this is. And whether it was Edison, Tesla, or Swanson, I meant to ask you, are you related to the light bulb guy? Okay, but anyway. So I was gonna ask for some money, but never mind. But those three... And there's an argument between who invented the light bulb because the only reason Edison is counted as the inventor of the light bulb is because he got his patent in first. That's why he is credited as the creator of the light bulb. But he is the one who told us what this is. And in Hebrews chapter one, that's what the writer was wanting to remind us of. God is the one who has created everything. He is the inventor. He is the intelligent mind behind us, but he is also the intelligent mind behind our salvation. And for this to work properly, it has to be plugged into a source, a light socket. Without power, this does not work. And today we're gonna talk about the power that makes us work. The scripture that we're gonna read from today is um, one that's misinterpreted a lot. A lot of people think that this scripture is talking about the lost and dying world, but this scripture is not talking to the lost and dying world. This scripture is actually talking to the redeemed living saints. This scripture is speaking to us. So in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, if you will, follow along with me. It'll be on the screen. We've got Bibles in front of you, or if you've got your own, follow along with me. Chapter two, verse one says this. For this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. For if the word spoken through the angels proved unalterable and every transgression and disobedience received a just penalty, how will we escape if we neglect so great 
a salvation. After it was first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us, to us by those who heard. God has also testified to, with them, both by signs and wonders and by miraculous and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. So let's pray. Father, first I do want to thank you for the gift of salvation that you've given us. But at the same time, over the week of reading this scripture, I realized just how much I have neglected this gift that you've given me. Father, all of us are guilty of it, whether we acknowledge it or not. All of us have been given a second chance, third chance, fourth chance, and sometimes many more than that. And oftentimes, Lord, we don't realize not only the price that was paid for us, but the freedom that it brings. This morning, Lord, I pray that your word would speak to us. I pray that you would open our eyes, open our ears, and give us a mind and a heart to understand what your word has for us this morning. Father, we want to thank you for the freedom that not only we have through salvation, but also the freedom that we have in our country. I'm reminded often, Lord, that there are many places in this world that aren't getting to live in the freedom that we have. And sometimes, Lord, I wonder if we become spoilt, rotten children. Because we do, Lord. We neglect not only our civil freedom, but also the salvation freedom that we have. Father, this morning, everything I say, I pray, is straight from you. And I pray, Lord, that your word will pierce the heart of every man, woman, and child in earshot of my voice this morning. Thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. How can we neglect such a great salvation? A lot of people will look at this verse, just like I said, and they'll think that this is talking about rejecting salvation. But when you look closely at the words, neglect and reject, you realize how completely different they are. Main reason being, you cannot neglect something that you have already rejected. People neglect things on a daily basis. We neglect our cars. When we see that little check engine light come on, a lot of us just ignore it. Not realizing that that check engine light is telling us that something is wrong with our cars. We neglect our homes. The other day, I've had to deal with some insurance issues, and it's been, it's been a nightmare. But at the same time, I realized how fast a home can go downhill, especially siding, if you do not maintain it enough. We neglect our homes. Some of us neglect our spouses. We forget the gift that they are to us. We neglect to spend time with them. We neglect to tell them our love for them. And we neglect to even acknowledge that they're even in the same room. Unfortunately, many people neglect their children. Unfortunately, we live in a time today where many children are going into the foster system on a daily basis. And these kids 
are going into this system because the parents that they belong to have neglected their responsibility in taking care of them. You can't neglect something that is not yours. This scripture is clear. It's not talking to the people who don't have Christ. This scripture is talking to us. Salvation is God's free gift to every single one of us. Do we take it for granted? Do we take it for granted? When you think about what it's also saying in the scripture here, it's talking about how the angels were part of delivering the law, the law that convicts, the law that doesn't bring salvation. How many of us in here this morning are guilty of, of breaking one of God's laws? How many of us can honestly say that we put God first in everything in our life? How many of us can honestly say that we don't have false idols? Now, for granted, I know most of us don't bow down to an idol, but there's many of us who will sit hours in front of a TV. How many of us are guilty of taking the Lord's name in vain? How many of us are guilty of not holding to the Sabbath? How many of us are guilty of dishonoring your mother and your father? How many of us are guilty of committing murder? And I know many of you are going to say, well, I'm good, Scotty. I have not done that one yet. <laughs> but Jesus said, if you have hatred in your heart towards another man, you're just as guilty as committing murder. What about adultery? Let's get real for a second. How many of us are guilty of committing adultery? And some of you say, Scotty, I've never cheated on my spouse. But Jesus went on again and said, if you have looked at another individual with lust in your heart, you are just as guilty as committing adultery. What about bearing false witness? You ever told a lie about somebody? How many of us are guilty of that? The one that nobody talks about, the one that I'm going to be honest with, I probably struggle with the most. What about coveting? Wanting what other people have. You look at somebody else's life and you think their life is so much better. You think their life is so grand and you want that life. Those are the Ten Commandments that all of us know. Those are the Ten Commandments that every single one of us, probably, or most of us, grew up learning in Sunday school, children's ministry, or some fashion. But those Ten Commandments are commandments that I promise you every single one of us have broke at some point in time in our life. And if we were to stand before a righteous, holy God, who is the only one who can say guilty or innocent? By our own personal admission of our sin, what would God say to us? Guilty. He's guilty. But the salvation that we are given through Jesus Christ, 
our Lord and Savior. Him taking the punishment of our sin has freed us from the punishment that we do deserve. Are you hearing me on that? This would be like you getting a speeding ticket. If Ricky Rich was here, I'd pick on him because he's good at it. But it'd be like you getting a speeding ticket. You going to the probate judge's office and somebody getting ahead of you and saying, I'm paying your ticket today. Has anybody had that happen? I haven't. I may need you to one day, but I have it right now. My biggest thing is the seatbelt. I forget it. I know it dings. I just ignore it. But that's unheard of. But at the same time, that's exactly what Jesus Christ has done for us. And through that salvation, we are given a load of freedom. A load of freedom that I think we neglect a lot. And I want, you to, I want you to understand something before we get into these scriptures really deep. What I'm talking about today is not a loss of salvation issue. I am of the personal belief of what the word says. Once you are in God's hands, once he has you in his hands, no one can pluck you out of it. And I've heard some people with some pretty bold statements say, well, you can take yourself out of it. No, you can't because it says no one. And you are someone. And he qualified you in that statement that no one can take you out of it. But there are times that we have struggles in our salvation. This is something we don't talk a lot about in church. We have struggles in our salvation. Just be real with me on something. Was it easier living the life of a lost individual or is it easier living the life of a Christian? Which is it? Yeah, so much easier living the life of a lost individual. You didn't care. You didn't have no worry. But when Christ come into your life, you realize that there are some things that have to change. You realize that there are some things in your life that don't line up with who Jesus is. And if we are supposed to be the image bearers of Christ, there is this constant battle that has taken place with inside of us. And the writer says that we got to pay very close attention, very close attention to what we've heard and not let it drift away. So what's he talking about with drifting away? Well, depending on your translation, that word drifting away will actually say two, three different things. It will say flow by, it will say slip away, or it will say drift away. And today we're gonna hit on what each of those mean. And we're going to talk about how it is we neglect the gift of salvation that is given to us. We love the freedom of salvation, do we not? I mean, you think about it. We went through those 10 commandments. We love the freedom of salvation. I love the fact 
that I do not have to answer for every single one of my sins. How about you? Are you happy for that this morning? If not, you should be. I am ecstatic that I do not have to worry about shame or guilt or punishment. I'm ecstatic that I have a freedom and salvation that has given me a liberty A liberty not to have to live in that shame, not to have to live in that guilt, not to have to live in that prison that it was holding me in. But at the same time, I personally have a problem. I still sin. Anybody else got that problem? If nobody, if somebody else doesn't have that problem, come on up here, you can can catch up. But I have that problem. I have that problem with anger. I have that problem. I have that problem in the fast lane when somebody needs to be going 65 for crying out loud, it's the speed limit. And you're over there in the fast lane doing 55. I scream the hallelujah chorus when they pass the law that if you don't move over, you can be ticketed. I wanted to become a cop. I never wanted to become a cop before in my life. When they passed that law, I thought about going to mandate school, becoming a cop, just so I could pull every single one of those individuals over. I have a problem with anger. You know what else I have a problem with? I have a problem with my tongue. Sometimes I say things. We were talking about this in Sunday school. Sometimes I say things before I think. Does anybody else have that problem? And It's really only dealing with people who know better, but don't do better. There's a word for those people. We're not going to call it out though. But I have a problem when somebody knows to do better and they don't do better. And then my wife's real quick to point at me that I know to do better in a lot of things and I don't do better. So I need to just shush. (laughs) Not only do I have a problem with that. I have a problem with pride. I have a problem with pride because, you know, there's a lot of things in my life that I think I'm good enough to handle. There's a lot of situations that come about that I, I want to tell God, you know what, you sit on the sidelines on this one, I'll take this. I don't want to bother you. You've got a busy schedule, 7.3 billion people all over the world. You take care of all of them, I'll take care of this. And you know what often happens when my pride takes over? I create problems. One thing that we don't understand, and a lot of people don't understand, is yes, we are free from the debt of sin. We do not have to answer for our sin. But one thing that we will always have to answer for is the consequences of our sin. Our sin have consequences. My anger has consequences. My pride has consequences. All of these things that I deal with on a daily basis have consequences, and I have to live with them. And this is where this whole freedom from sin thing, I don't think is talked about enough, really takes a hold of our life. Have you ever thought about this? You don't have to sin. 
You ever thought about that? Is anybody making you sin? Does anyone make you cuss? Be careful how you answer that. Does anybody have to make you angry? No. Does anybody have to cause you to have an affair on somebody? No. These are choices. These are choices that we make. We make the choice to sin. We make the choice to live our lives the way we want to. And what we don't understand is that sin still has a debt. Yes, we will not have to answer for that sin because of what Jesus done for us. But there's still consequences that come about to our integrity, to our life, to our family, to our spouses, to our careers, to our future that we have to live with. But we don't have to make those decisions. We were once trapped in sin, but now we are free from it. Brother Jerry says it best. Um, Me and him have a lot of great conversations during the day. And one time we were talking about sin. And Jerry will tell you, just like I'm about to tell you, you have the freedom not to sin. You're not stuck in it anymore. You're not in that rut. And when we continue in sin, especially deliberately, we are neglecting the salvation that has been given to us. You don't have to live that way. How many of you like taxes? Nobody likes taxes. Everybody hates them. Because a tax is a debt. It's a debt that is accumulated because of what you've gone, what you have, what you've done. These taxes mound up. And sin's the same way. Sin has a tax. And this tax weighs heavy on our lives. It's funny, we don't like taxes. We don't like consequences. But we sure do like to sin, don't we? We sure do like to have our moment to where we tell people what we think of them. We sure do like to have our moment when we think we're in control. We're free from the debt of sin. But we still have actions and consequences that come back because of our sin. We celebrate our nation's birthday. Some of our founding fathers were some extremely wise people. A lot of people don't realize it, but most of our founding fathers, they were not godly people. They weren't godly men at all. They wanted religious freedom. They wanted freedom from it. Yes, our nation is founded off some Christian values that all of us hold. But not all of them held to those values. 
One of the men who didn't have hold to those values was Benjamin Franklin. That'll shock a lot of people. Benjamin Franklin took a copy of the Bible, ripped a lot of it out. Does that mean he was a foolish man? In some ways, yeah. But at the same time, he was a very wise man. He was often called to settle some disagreements, some disagreements between individuals, and a lot of times some disagreements in the government. And there was a time that he was called in to, call, uh, to put out a disagreement over taxation. The French and Indian War was going on. And in Pennsylvania, a lot of people were worried, extremely worried, that if they didn't do something or if they didn't have something in play, that they would be invaded by the French and the Indians. Some of the people started lobbying, lobbying for higher taxes. Some people started lobbying to, gain, to get more taxes so they could give them to England and England could come and protect them. And it is during this time that Benjamin Franklin made a quote that gets misquoted quite a lot. And the quote is simply this. Those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. The reason we sin, the reason we sin is because a lot of times we do it out of security. Security for ourselves. Our greed brings about security. Sometimes our lies even bring about a false security to us. But when we continue to sin, we do not deserve the liberty that is given to us. We deserve neither. And brothers and sisters, we cannot allow this great salvation to simply flow by us like we are a jar that is poked full of holes. In Jeremiah 2, verses uh, 11 through 13, he says, Has any nation ever traded its gods for a new one, even though they are not gods at all? Yet my people have exchanged their glorious God for a worthless idol, the heavens and are, sh are shocked and shriek back in horror and dismay. For my people have done two evils. They have abandoned me and the foundation <clears throat> and the fountain of living water. And they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that hold no water at all. Sin does nothing but poke holes in our life. And a holy vessel, and I'm not talking about holy like great, I'm talking about a vessel full of holes, can hold no water. We can't hold the fullness of our salvation if we continue living enslaved to sin. And that salvation flows by we don't lose it, but we do not fully understand it. Not only can our salvation flow by us, but it can also slip away. Whenever we slip, whenever we stumble, 
Whenever we fall, what's the first thing that we do? What do you do when you slip, slip or fall? I try to grab for something. How about y'all? Any of y'all ever been repelling? How many of y'all been repelling? Yes, fat boy on a rope right here. A couple of years ago, I went repelling. Cliff, uh, Cliff Tippins took me repelling. And it's kind of funny because he was wanting to do it because he heard that I was afraid of heights. I'm terrified of heights. I hate heights. Low, I be with you is what God said. Never high. Low, low. So Cliff took me over off of Gooch Mountain and we went repelling off of a hundred foot cliff. And it is straight down. And at the bottom is nothing but rock. So Cliff's sitting there rigging me up, getting me going, telling me what I need to do. Keep one hand behind you. This hand controls your descent. Keep your other hand in front of you because if you don't, you're going to try to grab on to other things. So the first five feet, I did good because it was like going off of this to this. There was another ledge. So it wasn't that big of a deal. But the next step, the embankment goes underneath. There is absolutely nothing to grab to. So he says, just lean back. He said, I've got it rigged where if I pull this rope tight, you're going to stop. You're not going nowhere. And I told him, I said, man, I am not worried about you. I'm worried about this little piece of string that I'm dangling off of. <laughs> I am worried about this little sliver of rope that is hanging me over my death. So I lean back. And there's a little bit of time when you lean back and you're repelling that there's a slip. What do you think I did when I hit that slip? Right over to my side, there is a little laurel bush. When I say little, I'm talking little. Little laurel bush. So when I hit that slip, I still had this hand right here. I grabbed on to that little laurel bush, thinking that little thing was going to hold me. Now, I had a piece of rope right here in front of me that is rated at 3,200 pounds, and I grabbed for a little laurel bush. I learned real fast that that laurel bush was not designed to hold me like that rope was. When I grabbed hold of that little laurel bush, I pulled away, and there it is in my hand. Cliff, in the middle of laughing, pulls the rope to stop me, gets out his phone and takes a picture. I've destroyed that picture. It does not exist. He's probably got it, but I don't. But regardless, this is the same way that we react when we get into different situations in our life. Salvation is our rope. It is what is holding on to us. And when we get in these times of uncertainty, when we get in these times to where we are struggling as believers, we have a tendency to let go of the one thing that is holding us and grab at the closest thing to us. You know what I'm talking about. We grab to our careers because that's what provides for us. 
we grab to our government because that's what protects us. We grab to our family because that's what's been loyal to us. We grab to our spouse because they're the ones that are committed to us. We grab to our kids because that's what's been given to us. We grab to every single one of these things. We even grab to our abilities, our talents, and our education, thinking that these things are going to be our security. Security is important to us, isn't it? We want to live a life of security. I would love to live back in the day when we didn't have to lock our doors anymore. I would love to live in the day to where I didn't feel like I had to have a loaded gun somewhere in my house. I would love to live in the day to where my kids could roam free from care just like I did. But unfortunately, we don't live in that day no more. We don't live in that day no more. But one thing that we can't neglect is we still have that security. We still have that security. The likelihood of that little laurel bush saving my life, slim to none. But the security of that rope that was holding on to me, it was priceless. But isn't it funny? We'll reach for the things that can bring us momentary security and completely neglect the one thing that is holding on to us. Brothers and sisters, we don't, God doesn't slip away from us. We slip away from him. We're the ones who let go. He never lets go. He's the one who created all of this. We just get to be a part of it. All these things on this earth, everything on this earth is temporary. But God is eternal. God is secure. And brothers and sisters, God is stronger than anything that you are dealing with. The security that we have in that salvation to know that he is going to take us to where we need to be is something that we should hold true to every day of our life. The psalmist said it like this, and I love how this passage is. And you've got to read this passage in Psalms 121 right. Because in Psalms 121 it says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? There's a question mark. I look up to the mountains, but does my help come from there? No. We look up to the mountains because the mountains offer security. We look to the mountains because the mountains are strong. We look to the mountains because the mountains are a fixed object. But the psalmist is clear, my help does not come from there. My help comes from the Lord 
The one who made the heaven and the earth, the one who made the mountains, the one who made the rope, the one who made my career, the one who made our government, the one who made our parents, the one who made our spouse, the one who made our kids, the one who made our possessions, our abilities, our talents, and our gifts. He is the one that is our security. He is the one who has our salvation. And brothers and sisters, our salvation is not based on what we did. Our salvation is based on what he did and his work is finished. We don't need to worry. We don't need to worry about trying to grab on to every little thing when everything turns upside down. We just need to hang on to God. All those things we grab on to. They're quick fixes. But they will fade. But they will fade. He says, don't drift away. Don't drift away. And I want to ask you a question this morning. Have you drifted away? No, I'm not saying walked away from your salvation. No, I'm not saying turned your back on sin. What I am saying is, have you drifted away from that security of the finished work of Jesus Christ? A couple of years ago, me and my family, we went on a trip. It's funny, Sonia's here this morning too. We went on a trip down to Destin, Florida. We went on a trip knowing that a hurricane was just off the coast. Pretty stupid, isn't it? (laughs) We went on a trip knowing that there was a chance that we were going to be in the middle of a hurricane. The day before, you could see the storm coming. We rode over to Panama City. We wanted to check out a couple of things over there. And while while we were driving across a bridge that goes across the bay, I'm sitting there and I'm watching all these boats go to the bay. And I was thinking, well, they're getting ready. They're getting ready for the storm. But these boats weren't doing what I thought they would do. These boats were not going to docks. These boats were not going to the shore. These boats were going all out to the middle of the bay. And you see nothing but these little skiffs everywhere, people rowing back to shore. They had just taken their boat out to the middle of the bay. And when we get this imagery of drifting away, we think about a boat. We think about a boat in the middle of a wide expanse of water. And the reason these captains, these boat owners, take their boats out there is because that is the safest place for them to be. Doesn't that seem ridiculous? Doesn't that seem ridiculous? The wide open water with the wind, with the storm, with the waves is the safest place that that boat can be. The reason it's the safest place that that boat can be is because what is holding that boat in place? 
Boats are equipped with these big things, huge things. We call them an anchor. They drop these down. They'll let the wind carry them back, and this anchor will dig in to rock and even solid ground. And once that boat is anchored, it's hard for it to be moved anywhere. This is what our salvation is. Our salvation is an anchor for us. And a lot of times we'll go to the dock. We'll pull up alongside the dock and we'll sit on the dock because you know what? The dock's safer. Or at least it seems safe. More boats are destroyed in a hurricane because they are tied to a dock. Because when the water rises, the boat can't rise with it and the boat turns over and sinks. A lot of times we'll go to these places thinking they're the safest place. We'll grab a hold of these things thinking, this is what I need to stay safe in this situation. But the main thing that you need to stay safe in any situation is that anchor of hope that we have in Jesus Christ. For this reason, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard so that we don't drift away from it. For if the words spoken through the angels provided unalterable, proved unalterable, and every transgression and disobedience received a just penalty, how will we escape? How will we get out of this world? if we neglect so great a salvation. After it was first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard. And God also testifying with them, both by signs and wonders and by various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Has God ever let you down? Has God ever let you down? Well, Scotty, there was this time in school that I got caught for doing something and I, had, and I had all these consequences and I felt like I was let down. Those consequences were your actions. That wasn't God. Well, Scotty, there was this time where Everything was going right in my family and my dad left. And when my dad left, God let me down. Again, that was somebody else's actions. That was not God. Well, Scotty, there was this one time when my grandma was very, very, very sick and we prayed and prayed and prayed for her to be healed. And she died. But she knew Jesus, but she still died. She died and she knew Jesus. She's with him. He didn't let you down. He just fulfilled his promise. Anything that you're blaming God on, 
you're pointing the finger at the wrong person. We are the cause of our problems. We are not victims to anything else but to ourselves. We are our own worst enemy. And even while we were enemies, at the right time, God sent his son to die for us so that we would not have to endure that everlasting punishment. But we could have security and salvation from him forever. God hasn't let you down. We just drifted away. It just flowed by us. We just let it go. This morning, don't neglect the salvation that you have. Father, this morning, I am thankful for the freedom that we have in our salvation. And I am so, so repentant, God, of all the times that I have pulled away from you, that I have drifted away from you, that I have flowed by you. Because the truth of the matter is, Lord, you never went anywhere. You were always right there. You were always there and in control, even when I couldn't see it. And Father, there were many times that I felt like I was hanging on in my life by just a little tiny rope. And so many times I forgot who had the other end of that rope. And Father, I thank you for holding on to me when I couldn't hold on to you. And I thank you for the great salvation that we have because of you. And it is my prayer this morning, Lord, that we as a church would not neglect that salvation, that we would not continue in our sin, that we would not grab for temporary fixes to fix the problems that we've caused. Father, help us to hold on to you. Help us to pay close attention to what you've already told us. And help us to realize, Lord, that the salvation that's been given to us is so great. It is so great that it is offered to everyone. It doesn't stop with us. And this morning, Lord, if there is somebody here, Lord, who does not have that security, who does not have that hope, I pray this morning that they would place their hope in you. Father, thank you for the riches of your word. Thank you for your faithfulness to me. And thank you for your son. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Hey guys, Pastor Scotty Gerard here, and I just wanted to say thank you for joining us today. We really hope that this has been a resource that's helped you grow in your purpose for God, but also grow in His glory. 
We also want to extend an invitation to you to join us here in person at Harmony Grove. We are located at 1008 Town Creek School Road in Blairsville, Georgia. We would love for you to come be a part of our service, to be a part of our small groups. If you have children, we have children's classes on Wednesday night and on Sunday morning. And all this information can be found on our website. We'd also like to continue help you in your growth with Christ. If you have a question, maybe a prayer request, or just need to talk to somebody, you can contact us in the emails below in the description, or you can also contact us through our app and through our website, which are also found in the description below. Again, we hope this has been a blessing to you because we know that you joining us today has been a great blessing to us. Thank you so much. God bless.